Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Welcome back, Jeff. How's it going, man? Good. It's been a super long time. You've been on the road a ton this yeah. year, so it's it's good to be back here in Des Moines yes. uh, recording in the studio. So it's, yeah. it's fun. Have had a lot of guests on. Mm-hmm. And so and it's been fun to listen through those too, not just hear my own dumb voice every <laughs> week when I'm editing, but yeah. it's cool to, that you've been able to get so many different perspectives yeah. and ideas and just church backgrounds and nomination, like so many different Yeah aspects in in our podcast so that's been such a blessing as i've gone through and record and just hearing feedback from people it's fun to just hear from everybody all from all around as you've been traveling well i'm back and we're here together in the studio so Mm kind of like getting the band back together exactly all right well we're talking today about an interesting concept you build them or you buy them so here's the deal the scenario looks like this you want to get work done you really have two choices um you got because really at the end of the day we both know there's no hope that you and I as we're not the only we, we like we can't do it all no too much pressure too much I, pressure. I don't think I could handle it maybe too, you out there you're stronger than me but <laughs> we need help exactly we need help well the interesting thing is if you're looking for help you got two choices you can either build them or you can buy them you can develop people who are currently on your team and help them to like take on greater and greater levels of leadership, mm-hmm. or you can hire someone. Now, of course, the interesting thing is that we often think that buying them or hiring somebody, getting a staff person or a new employee will solve all of the problems. The magic panacea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know. I'm, so I'm a youth pastor, yeah. a small groups pastor. I, I've never really been in a church position yet where I've been like hiring new people. I had okay. a few interns here and there, but that's, where I'm going, when I think about like, oh man, if I just have an intern or two, that'll help like take a lot off my plate, off my shoulders. And the last few summers, I, I've had the awesome pleasure of being able to hire a few interns. And um, it's so much work. It's so <laughs> like, much work. It is. It adds twice as much as you thought would take off of your plate. Thank you. And so maybe the the devil's advocate to that is like, Okay, but those are interns. I'm, we're talking about like, can we hire a, a trained okay. professional? Okay. And sure. that's maybe a little different. But I, the concept, I feel like it, for like the easy button, oh, we'll just hire someone. It's not always so easy. It's, it's a little bit like, always. okay, I got to put in a couple extra hours today to make a task list for tomorrow to just help. Right. Like, you have help to be send. In, uh, exactly. Putting my arms forward. Just like, you help got send them forward because otherwise you develop a little like hand-holding relationship of they need you. And that happens with employees too. Like it does. I've seen it with myself like 10 years ago when I got into ministry, the, yeah. just the need for like, is this okay? Is Can I, right. is this fine? Am I, what I'm doing here? Am I fitting the culture? You're, you're am looking I, am for I doing lots this? of direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's there's a transition period for sure. But yeah, the, the initial easy button <laughs> idea of it is like, no, not, I, don't, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. But the thing like is, is just th- that's kind of one of the pieces that we're talking about today mm-hmm. is the this mirage that you think. OK, so like you're you're walking through like a desert land. Mm-hmm. Right. The idea. And if, I don't know if you've, you've seen a mirage before. Right. 
Yeah. Like like driving on the road. Driving hot, on the road, hot. hot. Yeah. You look out there and you think you see water, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking through the desert land. You're doing ministry all by yourself, and you think in your mind, "Oh, drama." There it is in the future if I had employees. Mm -hmm. And it's not that simple. Okay, so here's the deal. Everybody thinks if I only had staff. Well, as you just said, Jeff, simply not true. People don't realize that even if you have a new staff hire, guess what? You still have to build them. Mm -hmm. You got to pour into them. You got to get them up to speed. Hiring staff is not the easy button that people think. Now, if you have not proven that you are ready to have a staff person, until you have developed someone right now that you currently can't afford to pay. Does that make sense, Jeff? I think so. Let me let me say it again. Yeah. Okay. So you're not ready. You should not be entrusted with a staff person until you have developed somebody else that you currently can't afford to pay. Mm-hmm. On a volunteer level. On a volunteer yeah. level, right? So in my opinion, the greatest opportunity that you have is to take a current volunteer and build into them as if they were the staff person that you wished you could have in five years. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about that because I think the initial like response to that is something along the lines of, like, I can't put that much weight, pressure, uh, mm-hmm. task list, responsibility. whatever, responsibility, thank you on just a volunteer like they're not even getting paid like how can i if i want to treat them like a employee then they're gonna feel like what the heck where's my check like i'm doing a lot of work here understood and so i would say that i treat i have treated volunteers high capacity volunteers who are super in it and super excited i have treated them like they are an eight to ten hour a week employee Mm -hmm. does that make sense why is that uh because they were hungry for it Mm-hmm. They had the capacity to do it. And I think that, quite honestly, I think that they wanted something bigger and better for their lives. Mm-hmm. In other words, what now I, I view that all jobs and all life can be ministry and can be hyper fulfilling. Mm-hmm. However, some people, they're not there yet and their eight to five job, they feel it's just putting in time and they want to contribute to something mm-hmm. far bigger. And so I. I provided that wonderful opportunity. And now work with me. I'm not dogging them out. I mean, I'm majorly pouring into them. I'm majorly oh, yeah. a part of their life. And, you know, they're going to run one room or one aspect mm-hmm. of the ministry. I am running alongside of them. And they come on and we run by each other. And then another, vo- by the way, I'm doing this with like five or six mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Right. So it's like I have a whole bunch of different people that I'm doing this with and I'm not blasting somebody in like, you know, making them a 40 hour week employee. However, oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. But no, mostly I was just thinking like they're working in their giftings too. So you're yes. hopefully, I mean, you, right. you can have someone who's just, you know, kids isn't my thing, but I'm willing to help for a season and maybe that that's okay. But generally you're people who are in kids already or they're in youth, youth. or small groups or they're in admin or you what, wherever they are. And uh, you notice a gifting in them, like me with my youth group leaders yes. or even my adult small group leaders. I see different areas we just divide leadership. So it's not all on the one leader, right. but like who's really good at hospitality? Hey, why don't you take care of the snacks this week? And You're really good at thing, this. And then being able to pour into different areas fills them up. It that's takes the, the weight off of you. You don't have to do it all yourself, like we said at the beginning of the podcast. And it creates this community that's all moving in one direction. And when you're linked arms with people, you're stronger than just wheeling on your own. Now, the interesting thing, you brought up something very 
important. And that's this. If somebody is gifted, I'm talking spiritually gifted in an area, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. It's like the empowering of the Holy Spirit. They're actually getting energy Mm -hmm. from doing this task. And so I'm on the search for those people as Mm -hmm. well. Can I tell a quick story? You betcha, please. So this last Sunday at church, we had a huge soundboard issue. We're a set up, tear down church. We're turning seven years old next week, actually, but still been setting up and tearing down every week. And uh, the... We run a digital Cat5 cable for any of the sound nerds out there, but doesn't matter. That's how we plug stuff into the soundboard. Yeah. It wasn't working. Our board reset to a setting that was like four or five years old, and <laughs> it wasn't running any of the sound. The instruments weren't working. Something digitally happened, and we had this bug that we couldn't figure out in the 20 minutes we had before. Like, right. it, Of course, it's right before service starts. And so we quickly pick up the table. We're running it back behind the curtains that we have, and plug in everything analog so we Mm -hmm. get it all working and uh, we run we're able to run our sound through an ipad and kind of adjust levels so that we can be out in front and be hearing it as we're adjusting and i'm kind of running all over trying to get the live stream and trying to do sound and trying there's like three or four things that just kind of unfortunately because of the whatever quote crisis happened that just fell and uh, we have a, this guy come in who's a sound guy a couple times a month, and he's like, what's going on? And he's been... Uh, he, he could see the drama in the He could see the drama, and he was just asking to help. I'm like, oh, don't you worry about it. I'm trying to do the classic pastor thing where it's like, oh, don't you? You just come and enjoy church. And But he, like, feels it, and he's passionate about it. And he's yeah, like, he's good at it. Dude, just give me the iPad. Like, <laughs> let me help. And it's like, like, you've got enough to worry about. And just that moment, we're like, oh yeah, let me give this to him. Mm-hmm. And he even had this moment, so our worship guy and him have been, sorry, not trying to take up the whole podcast with this story, but the, this conversation of becoming like a really part-time, that right. five to eight hour, and have that conversation. And so he's like, man, I mean, this is what I'm talking, he's bringing this up unprompted, just like, this is what I'm talking about. Just help me get a little bit more into this like role so I can it. just step in and so I can, He's and he's ready for Like he just okay. showed up to church and he's like, Put me in, coach. And you could see like the twinkle and the smile with it. It wasn't like a, oh, cripes. Okay. Here here we go. Classic revision setup, tear down, plight again. So I am looking for those people who have that spark in their eye. Mm -hmm. And it's not burdening them. Mm -hmm. It's blessing them. And you can call that out of people too. You don't have to just notice it in those top. You'll notice it in some people, but some people, they just need a little extra... That's right. Encouragement and calling Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And so the thing is, is that, is that I'm going to treat, now hear me out real quick. It's not that I'm going to treat that guy as if he's the employee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to posture myself that I'm managing him as if he's my employee. Mm-hmm. Big difference. I'm not burdening him as if he's the employee. What I'm doing is I'm making sure that I have my poo pulled together mm-hmm. so that when he shows up for his five to eight hours a week, that they're as productive as they can mm-hmm. be. Here's the thing. I'm glad that we clarified this. It all falls on me. Mm-hmm. What, like the growth, when I said something along the lines of, you know, uh, 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 if you've not proven yourself to be ready to manage staff, you've mm-hmm. not proven yourself until you've proven yourself to manage volunteers. Mm-hmm. It means that I have everything dialed in and I am the dude with the long go-go gadget arms that is helping set that person up for success. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to set somebody up for success long before they show up, then you don't know how to st- to manage staff. 
Because mm-hmm. it's like you said with the intern thing. It's like 40 hours a week and they just keep coming Especially back. Especially on the front end, yeah. Right? What do I need to do? So my point is, is that by me learning the ropes of of working working through somebody else and having stuff prepped for them and getting that rhythm down, that is the skill set that a pastor needs. Because mm-hmm. that, And that's just how churches work too, right? Like that's right. You talk about how... That like 90, 95% of the work is done by volunteers exactly and right. staff people. Like if you look in the lead volunteers course, one of the recruiting mm-hmm. conversations is like, we need you. Like we need volunteers because like we might have four to 40 we, we, people on staff, but you look at the church sizes of each of those staff. It grows exponentially. It grows exponentially. And so you can't like 40 people are doing the work or on staff for a church of whatever like a few thousand yeah 40 people can't run can't pull it that. off like you need so many volunteers and so many hours and of people pouring you, in as a pa- so in other words like as a pastor what you have to realize is that you are a manager of a very large organization mm-hmm. of people so if you don't know how to do that then you're in big trouble mm-hmm. i hope you're enjoying today's podcast in addition to the podcast and all other resources at leadministry.com, I travel the country with The Amazing Chemistry Show. The Amazing Chemistry Show is a 32-foot stage production with fire explosions, foam, and liquid nitrogen. The show is set to music, has hilarious audience involvement, and a clear presentation of the good news of Christ in a way that seeks to honor the scriptures as well as honor the audience. I want to help you easily share the good news of Christ with your community in a fun, memorable, and visual way. We make it easy. A killer event should not kill you and it should not kill your team. We're pretty organized. We've got it down to a science. Go to theamazingchemistryshow.com and simply click the big red button that says start the booking process to start your virtual tour today. And now, back to the podcast. What you have to realize is that you are a manager of a very large organization mm-hmm. of people. So if you don't know how to do that, then you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? So how <laughs> do you do question. that? Big question. That's right. Okay, well, um, so two things have to happen at this point. First, you have to grow as a manager and as a leader. Second, a, a benefit, I'll say, is if you know how to grow as a manager and as a leader, Another member of the body of Christ will get stronger as a volunteer. Now, I have known leaders uh, that their only solution to problems was to hire someone. However, when given that opportunity, as we've said, like they had no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And not only that, not only were they frustrating the person that they hired, they themselves felt like a complete imbecile. Because they realize I don't have the skills to do this, or they actually look at the the new employee and say, "Well, they suck. Yeah, we didn't hire the right employee because mm-hmm. they don't know how to do everything instantaneously, and it's a very, very, very painful situation. It's made painful very clear to all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, the staff person has enough wherewithal to own the idea, and this is the, one of the points of the podcast. It's you. It's us as the staff person who needs to learn to grow to manage others. It's not the employee or the volunteer who needs to grow in their ability to read our minds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, 
But I can tell you from experience, and you experienced it this summer, it's not as easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. No, and it, like, there's a little trial and error there, and you learn your different management styles. Yep. But what would you say are, like, a f- I don't know if you have them off the top of your head and mm-hmm, putting you on mm-hmm. the spot, but just a, f- a few key things to, like, all right, if I really want to work on developing volunteers in this, like, build them or buy them way, like, yes, um, kind of expanding responsibility so it's not all falling on your shoulders, how do you delegate well? How do you manage well? How do you set your expectations so that you're not sure. just accidentally dumping a whole well, pile and like, all right, good luck. We'll see how good you are, and then we'll take away what you're bad at. Or like, yeah. how, do you, how do you take that first step or two forward in... in developing that i think what it comes down to is uh and and somebody might say oh great well i guess i'm screwed at that but it comes (laughs) down to being organized Hmm. and being a person who works ahead Mm -hmm. you have to work ahead of your of your employees like you said you have to put okay watch this you have to put in 20 percent of your full 100 percent of your staff hours Mm -hmm. you have to sacrifice 20% 20% of that in order to get others to move things mm. forward. That can be That's really painful. That's a good painful. image for me, like the pie chart almost. Like yes. Taking a chunk out of that, but then, and it, you might hear that and think, oh, great. But then what you're unleashing is yes. three, four, ten more pies. That's what I'm talking exactly. about. I've yeah. got the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And so, but the leader, the leader has to understand that you are, that that is not, you're not kissing that time off. Mm-hmm. You're investing yeah. that time. Yeah. And it's going to start a bunch of other pie charts. Mm-hmm. And now this brings me to another great point. Let's say that all of a sudden you're like, oh, sweet. The senior pastor came to me. I get to hire someone. Mm-hmm. Now you have two choices. Are you going to hire a doer or are you going to hire a developer? Let work with me on this Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you're taking your 20% and you're pouring into that person so that they have a brand new pie chart. The question is, did you hire a doer where 100% of their pie chart is doing, Mm -hmm. or did you hire a developer where 20% of their pie chart now goes out Mm -hmm. to develop others? And we've got even more exponential pie charts happening. Absolutely. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. I have watched ministry leaders so frustrating to me that they hire somebody to do tasks for them. Mm-hmm. That's not like that. That's a fail. We need don't look to hire doers. Look to hire developers who can actually carry this ball forward and get other people involved. By the way, if I'm hiring a staff person, um, I'm hi- I'm looking to hire somebody who can be a pastor which biblically is somebody who can not do the work of the ministry but somebody who can build others to do mm-hmm. the work of the ministry Ephesians 4 10 and 11 does that make sense to you it does I even think like you might even have to expand your definition into you might respond to like well even in like the administrative role or in the role of an assistant like what is what yeah. is really the capacity there for um, exponential growth or de- okay. developing but the amount of meetings I've sat in with those like administrative types and Mm -hmm. volunteers that I have helping me with a few tasks here and there is when they have the expectation part of their role that like 20% is part of it and like expected to develop and grow and they have that freedom. It's an unleashing more than it is like a A a command or a burden that the ideas that they bring to the table and 
the freedom that they have to be like, well, what if I, could we try to fill in the blank? Yeah. It's just, it's so fun because it's stuff that I never would have thought mm-hmm. about and it's stuff that our team hasn't thought about yet. And they're like, what an incredible perspective we haven't even thought about. Okay. And it's just, yeah, it makes it more fun. It does make it more fun because you, you're making them a part of the leadership team, mm-hmm. not a part of the manically carrying out tasks. Mm-hmm. Okay, for instance, you said an administrative person. So I had an administrative assistant um, at when I was on staff at this church. And rather than her just do all tasks, mm-hmm. the expectation was that, okay, do I want her stuffing envelopes? Well, she certainly can. Mm-hmm. She's got two hands. She has the capacity to do that. But what I wanted from her, either myself or another person or that person, I wanted them to recruit others mm-hmm. who had a random Thursday morning once a week for one hour. There are people who are very willing to do that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to serve with kids. They certainly don't want to serve at junior high. And mm-hmm. they don't want to lead a small group. But they want they not out of obligation, but they want to contribute to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so you say, hey, they're like, hey, listen, can I, can I just do behind the scenes stuff? Yes. Could you come in Thursdays at whatever? Great. So my administrative assistant was then carving out a portion of her time before those people came in and she was gathering all the envelopes. Mm-hmm. She was gathering stamps. She was had the, the sheets already three folded mm-hmm. so that that hour could be not just her doing envelopes whatever but she had three people so now it's and she sits there sometimes with them to develop relationship am i Mm -hmm. making sense oh yeah so making your staff people developers and recruiters to get other people to do stuff that's the key you it can't be any other way Mm -hmm. and all across the board too it doesn't like it doesn't matter what tasks or what jobs yes like that throw titles out the window right you're working with people to do the work of the ministry and it just walk hand in hand link arms with you to take steps forward and different people have different gifts different people find have different passions find those but they're there but they're, they're there they're at your church and even like i don't know maybe the challenge of the podcast is just to take a second like think about your team whether yes. it's a team of one two three or a hundred yeah like who who's there that maybe isn't plugged in quite yet who you know has a higher capacity and what could you call them to whether it's a one hour a week or a 10 right. hours a week like right what could you start to plug them into that helps build them as leaders, that helps grow the pie, that really takes your ministry steps to forward? To the next level. That's yeah. exactly right. Now, the, the trick is, is that, you know, as we kind of, you know, tie the bow in a sense on mm-hmm. this podcast. So the podcast title is Build Them or Buy Them. It's actually kind of a trick phrase. It's a trick question. It's a misleading phrase, actually, because as we talked about earlier, those who you hire must automatically be built once they're hired. I think that that has to be further established, mm-hmm. right? We need to build them into a functioning employee in this new new organization. Um, so it's not really a competition of which one's better, building a team or buying staff members. Like you, you said, it's, it's yes, up to you, you listener. Got, <laughs> like, you got to build everybody. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and so the funny thing it's is a both, and it's a yes. It's a how are how are you doing at developing leaders? That's is it. The big question. The bi- that's that is the big question, and so all of a sudden people are like, "Well, you know," and I had an employee one time, and 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 we gave him a forty-hour-a-week intern, mm-hmm. and he came to me and was like, "How come they keep coming to me asking what they're supposed to do?" And 
oh, you didn't think <laughs> about that, did you? Mm-hmm. Well, here's another thing you probably didn't consider. Um, that new employee who is 40 to 50 hours a week or that new intern, they are looking to you, the leader, to help them get moving, mm-hmm. to know what to do, to know what to tackle. And if you don't know how to manage people and you're given responsibility for an additional 40 hours of somebody's week, mm-hmm. um, you're going to quickly learn how challenging that is. Mm-hmm. And being able to plan the transition, like you said, yes. just be organized for like even a new staff member who's had 10 years of experience in mm-hmm. this role that is now joining your team. They have a whole new culture to learn, a yes. whole new staff to be a part of. Well, that's going to minimum take a handful of months to really For feel sure. comfortable, minimum, to be uh, able to like kind of unleash them on their own where they're not coming to you on a daily or every other day basis saying like, okay, is this like... investment. Mm-hmm. And it it's an investment worth making because you don't want to just send them off be like dude can you just stop asking me i mean maybe there's some tests that are like all right i don't need to confirm your email like i trust okay, you to send an okay email. sometimes though because watch this there is a training i did mm-hmm. a training that it's said a- here is how to write an email that no one will read mm-hmm. here's how to write an email that people will read that is a training all of a sudden somebody came to me one time and they're like you're literally going to teach us as a staff how to write an email. Don't you think, true story, don't you think that we are coming in knowing how to write emails? I said, I know you how to I know you know how to type, <laughs> but I don't I'm not I'm not trusting that you know how to write an email in this culture mm-hmm. that's gonna get people yep. to read. And it's a culture thing. It's yes. a culture thing. And so it's me. So I'm not assuming anything. And so then all of a sudden when they come to me and they're like, hey, is this is this email? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't we talk about this? Do mm-hmm. you have bullets? Do you have underlined and bold things that are the important thing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did I not talk to you about how to not have a 17-line paragraph? Mm-hmm. No one's going to read that. Mm-hmm. So it's my job to educate them in all things. Again, once again, um, the bottom line is you're going to be building either way. Yeah. If you buy them, you're going to have to do plenty of building. If you just grab onto a volunteer, you're going to have to do building. My question to the leader is, do you know how to build other people and do Mm -hmm. you know how to set up tasks to get other people to get moving and be productive Mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. That's really the key. It's hard. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add that seems like a really nice bow to this podcast because we boil it down. There's no better way to add staff people or add more volunteers that's not going to fix any of your problems. You're the fixer of your problems is a look in the mirror. And it's like, a look in the mirror. Can yes. can I really manage people. A, pe- a person, a people to, like, can I fill that gap of where we're at in my big vision for mm-hmm. this ministry with the team that I have and by developing new leaders? And if I'm not quite there, then how can I get there? And if I feel like I have the ability to manage people well, then kind of the proof is in the pudding. Let's show me. Yeah. Let's see how you're doing and seeing if you are actually taking steps forward. You know, and I do want to close with this. While we were talking about this, of course, everybody else is listening, but I'm looking at you as we're talking about this. And the funny thing is that when we were talking about shaving off 20% of your pie Mm -hmm. and then that shaving off of 20% all automatically propagates other new pies. Mm-hmm. The look in your eye was was priceless. <laughs> all of a sudden you were like, wait, that 20% is making new pie charts mm-hmm. where people are doing stuff. So it is an investment, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Gang, I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been encouraging. At the end of the day, it was kind of a trick question. It, it comes down to building people, whether you buy them or whether you start from scratch with building a volunteer. In addition, the real building needs to take place in your very own self. Gang, we're super glad that you've uh, listened to us today, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers. Mm -hmm.